Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hey, Burley. Well, I think this week's episode was the best one so far. My fave. It was for so sure. Good. <laughs> so good. Solely for one thing. Oh my God, it was so good. And we will get to that. Oh my God. But last week, <laughs> quick recap. The, the boys were in Chicago. Yeah, shy city. We're in the Windy City. Following up on a mysterious death of a person who died in their home with the alarm set and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Turned out it was Davis. And it turned out that they were being controlled by Meg, the cute little blonde pixie who we first met in Scarecrow and did that weird thing where she slit the guy's throat and got the blood and called somebody <laughs> and she was still talking to whoever it is. Yeah. In this episode as well. And Daddy Winchester has been saying it's a demon. So we know it's a demon, but that's all we know. And we can assume from this episode that Meg is also a demon of some kind. It was a fun episode. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And until this week's episode, that probably would have been one of my top ones. Right. Well, I like that anytime that Daddy shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we get to see old Jeffrey Dane Morgan. And then there was that one scene that I still think about, but... (laughs) Still a little perplexed by, but especially in the contrast from that episode to this one and their brotherly behavior compared to last episode. With the pranks and everything being yeah, lighthearted. Like, uh, I, I just can't. <laughs> Let's dig into this week's episode. Talk about the lore, the gore, and what we adore about Hell House. Hell House. Well, I liked this episode for many reasons, one of them being that they're in Richardson, Texas. I don't think they really were. Well, no, but, <laughs> but hey. But it was a nice little shout out. You and I were both yeah. like, oh, when yeah. we saw it. That's right down the way from us. Starts out in Richardson, Texas, and we see this old rundown house and these like four high school kids at night going in. I feel like every town probably has a house like this. We had one. We had one. Yeah. The mayor, the mayor's house yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. And we definitely went there. And I was telling you when we were watching it that I remember one of the guys that was with us like, ripping a loud fart and mm. going, shh, be careful. It's the beast of farts or something shh. like that. And at the time thinking it was so funny, but yeah. in hindsight, not funny. Dumb. It was really yeah. stupid. <laughs> so they go in and they're... Um, I think, were they saying something about the story of, like, some somebody would go in there, or is that coming later? I think that comes in later. I think they were talking about it a little bit, because Craig, or, was it Craig or yeah, Greg? Craig. He was with them, so. Yeah. He must have oh, told that's right. them. Yeah. He was saying his, he heard it, this story from his cousin, mm-hmm. that, you know, the guy that used to live there, like, did whatever, and he's basically just trying to scare his friends. Yeah. And he's, this one guy, like, gets ballsy, and it's like, I don't see anything, guys. I mean, come on. There's nothing scary here. And then, like, all their faces look terrified. And he's like, what? And he turns around, and there's a girl hanging from the rafters. Yes. Dead. Well, we find out later she wasn't. Well, okay. Well, for now. Oh, spoiler. I'm sorry. For now. 
for now they think she's dead they scream they're freaked the fuck out and then cut to present day yeah then we're with the boys sam and dean and sam has been on some websites some what what are they like paranormal websites yeah and so he heard of this these kids talking about this story and he said you know it sounds like it might be up our alley so they head to richardson but first dean put that spoon in oh, sam's yeah. mouth and took a picture and you're sleeping and you didn't like it when i said it's because he likes his pretty little mouth yeah i don't i can't <laughs> i can't i can't okay moving on moving yeah on. so yeah so dean's real happy and pleased with himself pranking sam sam's not into it they invest they do some investigating and they track down they they talk to the kids that had been there that night and they all say like where they finally or where they originally heard all this from and it's Craig fucking Craig it all leads back to Craig <laughs> yeah they track down the the kids from the story that Sam found on the website right yeah well from the kids okay. that were in the and found the yeah the, the lady hanging right. yeah he was saying they seem really sincere based off of what i see on this website yeah and then they go there and they're like, all their stories are different yeah. when they talk to each one of them. That was funny. Yeah. So they track down Craig. He works at a record store and he tells them of this legend that was told to him by his cousin Dana that Mordecai Murdoch, what a name. It's a great name. Yeah. Was a farmer who lived in the house during the 1930s and um, it was during the Depression. His crops were dying off. Their their cattle or whatever animals they did have died. And so instead of his daughter's Having a slow death of starvation, he killed them. And when they walked into the record store, they were playing the entrance music for a WWE oh wrestler yeah. as like the song that was jamming out when they walked in the record store. So yet again, that's strike two on music choices here. You guys have been yeah. two in a row. So many good songs. And now a wrestler's entrance music. I wonder if they, they switched somebody out, somebody got fired or something. Who knows? Or left. I don't know. Anyway, so the boys go and visit the this ha- supposed haunted house, and they find they see that there's a bunch of symbols painted on all the walls and on the floor, but that they're freshly painted. So they think that's kind of odd. So searching through the house, they run into these two guys, Ed Zedmore and Harry Spangler, and they are professional paranormal investigators. They're college kids, <laughs> just <laughs> like fucking around, and they think a lot of themselves oh yeah they're they're on their high horses i did like spangler the the ghostbusters call out that his name is spangler oh yeah, yeah. i thought that was that, that was clever cute. that was fun and um they are the ones who run a website called hell's hounds hell hounds lair which is the website that uh sam had found this all this information on they decide to do a little more research but they really can't find any evidence to support this legend of mordecai murdoch like it's there's no evidence. And we know our boys are good researchers. Right. They were okay. saying there was a Murdoch there, but he had boys, not girls. Right. And just nothing was adding up. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So they chalk it up to this is like a bunch of BS, not our gig. Like, let's let's just call this one a spade. That doesn't make sense. Call a spade a spade. Isn't yeah. that the saying? I think so, but that doesn't really. Okay. Since nothing's adding up and it just sounds like a bunch of like bullshit, really. They decide, well, really, Dean is like, let's let's forget this. Like, let's just go get some beers, head on, move on. But then they hear that the previous night, a girl did actually die in the house. So it was another set of, like, teenagers, three of them, two girls and a boy. And they go and 
two of them dare this one girl to go in or otherwise she has to make out with the boy, which I'm like, honey, you could just say no. Just say no and walk away. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah. But she goes in. You need new friends. Yeah. She goes in. I mean, good for her, though. Brave little thing, you know? Right. I wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Uh, She goes in and she runs into this ghost who has a, a long rope, ends up getting it around her neck and hanging her. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we learned she's like a straight A student, had a full ride to UT. She like, was adorable too. Yeah, I it's mean, awful. Yeah, fucking little fucking kids. I'm saying the fuck. fuck. I'm saying the fuck a lot. It's okay. You can <sighs> say the fuck. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Then the next night, the Sam and Dean return to the house, but it's like the police are there. They've got it taped off, and they're kind of overseeing it so that no more kids try to come in. The boys, uh, our boys, Sam and Dean, spot Ed and Harry attempting to get in the house. I'm happy you clarified our boys because yes. I wasn't sure which boys you were talking about. <laughs> hey, you should know. <laughs> Since they see them, Dean shouts out, alerting the officers to their presence. That So they go taking off after them, which allows our boys to get inside. And it was another Ghostbusters shout out. Dean yelled, who you going to call? Did he really? I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There's another cute little Ghostbuster shout That's out. That's funny. Once they're inside, they go down to the basement and they run into Mordecai and he's chasing them. He's, uh, he, this time he has an axe, right? Mm-hmm. An axe. Has a, uh, uh, I know how to speak proper English. And they blast off. They start shooting him with the rock salt, but it doesn't really slow him down. It's not working the way we've yeah, seen it work in the past. Exactly. Which is weird. They're like, what the hell? So they break down the door, and as they do, uh, they run past Ed and Harry, and they actually have, like, one of them has the camera up, and they actually capture footage of Mordecai in the doorway, because he can't leave past that point. As far as stunt work goes, that exit out the door that they did, I loved that. Yeah. I mean, Sam full body threw himself <laughs> yeah. through the door. The, like, projectiled himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm pretty sure that was Jared Padalecki. You could see his face. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was him and Jensen Ackles running out that they gave that 110 percent and i loved it it was a very fun shot with them tumbling out of the house and harry and ed standing there screaming because they got startled (laughs) from them coming flying out of the house it was one of not the but one of my favorite shots of the show well and i have to give it to our boys because they're very smooth in this episode that they don't get caught by these cops and they keep the, the poor uh ed and harry keep getting caught yeah. so because they they like fly out of the house basically run past air head and air head and harry mm-hmm. yep ed and harry and disappear they they're just like gone <laughs> but then the cops show up and they get harry and ed i'm like what how did, how did that happen magic they're they're good they're smooth they're smooth criminals yeah they are them winchesters then we're back at another hotel motel motel is this was another this one wasn't as spacious but it was texas out it was texas as fuck yeah there was the alamo on the wall yes there were longhorn uh, longhorn horns Mm -hmm. longhorn Mm -hmm. horns hung on the wall there There was was an armadillo on the on the table it was texas as fuck yeah which i was like Knowing that they're both from Texas and like such a like stereotypical Texas thing to have those things around, it's like, come on, guys, you know it's not like that. But I'm sure there are some hotels that are exactly oh, like that. Absolutely, yeah. But 
I noticed at one point, I don't recall exactly where it was. There was a sign that said Texas roses and it had like the Texas flag, which is such a Tyler, Texas thing to see is mm. rose signs everywhere. So Why? I don't know. There's uh, this Tyler roses. They, they have roses all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know why. I'm not from the area. I just know every time I've gone there, I see something about roses. Huh. Okay. I didn't know. I learned something new. Almost every day. Well, anyway, at the hotel, they're they're trying to work everything out and figure out, like, what the hell is this? Like, nothing's adding up. It's not our usual, like, we figure it out. Legend. They did notice that Mordecai, his spirit, had slit wrists, which I didn't see. Did they you? didn't zoom in on it okay. or anything. Well, yeah, when they mentioned that, I was like, really? I mean, way to be observing in that moment, guys. There was a lot going on yeah. in the scene, though. So maybe we should have gone back and paused True. to take a look. But there were more important things to see in this episode True. later. So, Well, they know that, that that was never mentioned in this legend that they've been told by Craig. So they go, they go, go, go back to Hellhound's Lair website and see that the story has also changed now. The legend, supposed legend, is has changed. And Dean recognizes one of the symbols that was painted on one of the walls in the house. And so they decide that they're going to go give Craig Boy another visit. Right. Because... He's, he's been talking about that symbol all the time. Yeah. He's, I know that. I know I've seen it. What is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He was even drawing it in the motel. Yeah. yeah. And so when it finally clicks where he saw it, they know exactly where to go. Right. And so I love like when they like, say something to Craig and he's like, Oh God, these guys. <laughs> and we find out that the symbol is actually from a blue oyster cult album cover. And Craig, we know works in the record store and he admits that he and his cousin really are the ones that created this supposed legend. They went into the house, painted the symbols on the walls and the floor. They spread the rumor about Mordecai as just like a prank. And even Dana was the one who was hung with that first night when they went in and she just, like, they had just hung her the certain way and made her look dead just to scare the shit out of his friends. Yeah. Real nice. And they gave TCU a shout out on this episode, too. Oh, da- that's right. Dana was in town from TCU. Yes. But, yeah. And Craig, luckily, feels like shit. He is, yeah. uh, he feels terrible about the whole thing because it was just supposed to be a joke. Yeah. And somebody actually ended up getting hurt because of it. So yeah. he feels awful. Yeah. So Craig's a little shit. Yes. But he's not shitty. Yes, correct. I like that. Sam brings up the idea that Mordecai, maybe Mordecai is a tu- tupla? Tulpa. Tulpa. And pause. Because... Oh, I'm getting there. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I know what he, I you know exactly when he's let talking me, about this. Hold on. Let me start over. <laughs> Hold on. Because I, I was going to say something. Sam brings up the fact that he thinks that Mordecai is a tulpa, which is, is a manifestation of thought and man. He brings this up while he's in the shower. Well, he was in the shower, He was, get, but he's in the process of getting out. Right. Uh, but we don't see him. We see him. Well, give me a second. <laughs> uh, so uh, Sam brings this up as he's in the, like, getting out of the shower. He's in the shower. We don't see him. But we do see Dean sprinkling, like, chili powder or something. I thought it was itching powder. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like, can't you get itching powder from, like, a prank, know. a gag shop or something? I don't know, but that's. Nice. Like where you get cool. the where you get the thing that you can wear it on your hand and shock somebody. I know what you're or, talking about, but you, I I just didn't know that was a thing. I, I know it's a thing. I don't know that it actually works. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, 
Dean is putting that powder in Sam's uh, underwear. As Sam bursts out of the bathroom in nothing but a towel. Yeah, he comes out and is like, what if it's a tulpa? Yeah. And I'm like, what if you dropped the towel? Holy shit. My God. Is what I was thinking. We watched that three at least three times. Rewind, play, rewind, play. Well done, Jared <sighs> Padalecki. My goodness. Like, kudos to you and your wife. Uh, wonderful. Yeah. And your kids. Yeah. Good for them, too, that they can say, that's my dad. Yeah, we got those. Congratulations. We've got those jeans. We got those jeans. Oh, my gosh. It was wonderful. It was, I mean, like, so well built. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. everything's in the right place. The proportions. Yes. Just, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. He was still kind of slick from the shower. Yeah. He did a little. His little peck twitched. He twitched his peck. At his brother. Uh Uh-huh. So that was by far my favorite part of the season so far. Best, yeah. best, hands down. I remember I put, I shot my hands up into like a touchdown symbol when he came yeah. out of the shower, and I literally just left my arms up over my head for the whole rest of that scene. Well, I looked over like I had, I watched the whole scene, and then when it, it was done, I looked over at you, and your arms were up. But I thought you had like just put them up because it ended, and you were no. like, "Thank you." I put them up when he came out, girl, and then I just froze. <laughs> okay. I get it. I didn't bring them back down until I was reaching for the remote to rewind Rewind. it. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man. It was, it was a wonderful scene. Also. And then when I, when they were explaining what a tulpa is, I was like, man, manifestation of thought. Damn. I wish I could do that right now. Manifesting that towel dropping Mm. (laughs) or being right here with me, you know? (laughs) Anywho. So this this particular symbol is a symbol that was painted in the house, and it's a Tibetan spirit sigil, and it assists in concentrating mental energy. And Sam is thinking that people who view the website, the Hell's, what is it, Hell's? Hell, Hellhounds. Hellhounds Lair, that when they're viewing the website, they are willing, they're like willing into reality what they are reading. And it's so many of them that it's really literally like creating this spirit in this house. And it keeps changing the more people are telling the story differently. Right. Every time they change it on the website, the manifestation mm-hmm. updates itself. Yeah. So Sam and Dean think, so they kind of trick Ed and Harry. They, they tell them that they found Mordecai's birth certificate. And it turns out that he, what was it? I loved how hang on, I loved how they were talking to them. Like we did research, we found his birth certificate oh, yeah. at the library. Like the way they were talking, I loved that, yeah. and they deserved it. And Harry and were eating it up. Oh yeah. So, well, they were like little shits to them. Yes, like, they were talking kind of, down yeah. to them and all of that. Know it alls when they don't really know what they're doing. We've all had to deal with people like that in the past, right? But yeah, they basically say he didn't. Do any of the things in the story, he actually shot his kids with the gun, and now he's terrified of guns. Mm -hmm. And if he sees a gun or gets shot by a gun with bullets, that it'll it'll kill him, and he'll he'll be destroyed. And then they ask them to upload it to the website so that the tulpa will update to do that, too. Yeah, the more everybody sees it. Oh, no, they don't ask them to put it on the website. They tell them that it's secret and that they can't tell anybody and that they need to shut the website down, Mm -hmm. knowing that the guys are going to do the complete opposite. Right. So, and they agree, so that's when they give give them all the information. 
And Sam and Dean plan, they go back to the house that night because they think, okay, this is it. He Now that the story has changed, we can kill him with our guns. As they enter in, they're ready, guns, guns up, flashlights ready. Who do they run into? <laughs> Fucking Ed and Harry. Mordecai shows up, starts swinging that axe, and the boys start shooting at him, and again, nothing. It's not doing a thing to him. And, like, Dean turns to Ed and Harry, and he's like, you... You, like, put that up on your website, right? And they said, yeah, we did, but then our server crashed. So nobody saw it, so it hasn't manifested. And Ed and Harry end up getting kind of cornered in this one area of the house, and Mordecai's after them. (sighs) Our hero boy, Sam. Little Sammy. He runs in there, gets Mordecai's attention, basically starts fighting with him with the axe. Uh, Mordecai's got him up against the wall, up on his neck, tells the boys to get the hell out. And Dean's solution to all of this is to light the place on fire. Let's just burn this shit down. <laughs> burn it down. Yep. <laughs> I don't remember. How does Sam get out away from Mordecai? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they should. I remember Mordecai like holding the axe up against Sam and having Sam pushed up against the wall. Yeah. And Harry and Ed running by. Sam or Dean must have come and helped him. Yeah. Oh, no. I bet, it, I bet it's because uh, the house started to go on fire so his spirit was probably starting to fade because the house was starting to but it wasn't really a spirit that's right okay it's not important true they survived that's all you need to know all four of them survive all four of them got out of the house before it was a blazing yeah and dean's thought was that without that part of the legend mordecai won't exist if the house isn't there now, if the house isn't there, he's got nothing to haunt. Right. People aren't going to continue to tell stories about a place that they can't actually go to and yeah, see. Yeah, just a field. Yeah. yeah. The, the So the guys uh, end up, which we do have the scene where where they're chatting. And poor Sam is clearly uncomfortable and having some itches in certain places. Yeah. Like, I think I'm allergic to our soap. Yeah. And then Dean's just cracking up. And then we have the scene where Sam gets Dean back with the super glue on the beer bottle. Oh, I forgot. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. These are all scenes that happen just when they're talking about yeah. Mordecai and Tulpas and all this other kind yeah. of stuff. So the best prank of all, though, I think, which is funny but terrible, but they kind of <laughs> deserved it, is they're saying goodbye to Ed and Harry. And Ed and Harry are boasting about how they got a call this morning from a big Hollywood producer They want to start a show with them or whatever. And they're just like cocky about it. And they're like, see you later, guys. And as they drive off, Sam admits that he's the one that called them. (laughs) And Dean's like, well, good job. Because I put a dead fish in the back of their their truck, too. Or backseat. Backseat. Yeah. So. Ew. Yeah. I thought that was funny. The drive from Texas to Los Angeles is not sure that fish is going to be. Nasty. Yeah. And Sam asks, you know, like, can we call a truce in this prank war? And Dean's like, you know, for now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for now. (laughs) And that's that's that one. That is Hell House. This was one of my favorite episodes so far. It was it was fun. For a variety of reasons. Obviously, there's a particular reason, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I I, really enjoyed this one. I think the the dynamic of Ed and Harry and then Sam and Dean was kind of a good good thing like i don't know it was just cute it was really cute i i liked it a lot but let's get into the The lore lore. yeah there wasn't any gore i i adore i adored this whole episode i like you said i adored the dynamic between dean and sam and ed and harry 
Jared Padalecki, Jared Padalecki, Jared Padalecki. Texas. The idea of Texas anyway. I know they're not in Texas. (laughs) But it was nice to see it. It was still nice to see it. It was a little dramatized, but hey, it's a show about fucking werewolves and ghosts and whatever. So for the lore... We're going to be talking about Tulpa. Tulpa. It's a Tulpa. When, yeah, when he was yelling about it from the bathroom, I was like, what did he, Tulpa? Tulsa? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tulpa. According to Fene.com, Buddhism has created a type of atlas or almanac of the human psyche. Among the multiplicities, multiplicity, you love that movie. I do. I love that movie. <laughs> What does he say? She, Maybe. Maybe I do. <laughs> she touched my peppy. She touched my peppy. Touch I don't know why, but I love that you movie. love it. I saw it was on Hulu or something, and I just died laughing. I didn't even put the movie on. I just died laughing, <laughs> thinking about how happy you would be to know that it was on Hulu. I love my Michael Keaton. Oh, I can't help it. He's great. Well, <laughs> anyway. Among the multiplicities implied by the mind... There is a strange family of mental creations known as tulpas, which is Sanskrit for to build. It's a Sanskrit word for to build. While the mind is capable of creating a world of illusion, it can also create any desired object. Jared Padalecki, Jared Padalecki. I mean, (laughs) I I gotta tap into this. This process consists of transforming a visualization into a palpable being. Buddhism asserts to acknowledge the tulpas, our mental creations, that become, as if by magic, semi-autonomous entities. Which that's basically what Sam was explaining in the show, that it's something that you create and then once it's created, it's kind of its own thing yeah it can kind of take on its own yeah it's gonna do what it wants yeah. to do at that point yeah so according to wikipedia in the 1990s online communities dedicated to tulpas spawned on the 4chan and reddit websites 4chan. i don't even know what 4chan is i don't really either i've heard it before but i don't know what it yeah. is these communities refer to tulpa practitioners as tulpa mancers oh get this the communities gained popularity when adult fans of My Little Pony started discussing tulpas of characters from the My Little Pony television series. The fans attempted to use meditation and lucid dreaming techniques to create imaginary friends. So, okay, well, I, that's what you're going to use it for? I thought you were going to say they were going to try to bring like one of the little ponies to life. I was that's like, what they were trying to do. A tulpa is basically an imaginary friend that's real and can actually do stuff. It's like Drop Dead Fred. Why are they all into little My Little Pony? There's a whole group of adult people who are into My Little Ponies. I think they call themselves bronies or something. God, this shit just gets weirder and weirder. Okay, so, wait, so... Remember they were making fun of bronies on Peacemaker? No, I don't know. They said the Green Lantern was a brony? Nope. Okay, but so you said that they were trying to manifest imaginary friends, but they were actually trying to manifest one of the My Little Ponies? But that's what a that's what a tulpa is. It's an imaginary friend that's manifested into being something. I get that. But then why didn't you just say that that's what they were doing instead of an imaginary friend? Because that's what I copied from Wikipedia. Okay. 
maybe quit being so nitpicky. Well, no, I was just confused. <laughs> it confused me because I totally thought you were going to say they were trying to make one of the, My Little Ponies real. I get what you're saying. Okay. But I'm you just, just saying, you I thought just that's to what criticize you were... my semantics. No, no. I'm not criticizing you at all. I didn't do it. Wikipedia did it. Wikipedia? <laughs> no, no. I'm not criticizing you at all. I just like totally thought that's what you were going to say. So then when you said that, that it just threw me off. But my whole issue is you believe it's that this is real. You believe you can manifest and make this happen. And you have a whole online community of people. And the thing you choose to manifest yeah. is a My Little Pony character. Yeah, that I do not understand. Not at all. That is not what I'd be manifesting. <laughs> Okay, so according to savageminds.org, Tulpa Mancers are people who, through extended bouts of concentration and visualization, produce a special kind of imaginary friend they call a Tulpa. So there you go. There's the connection as to why I used imaginary friend earlier. Sorry. I probably should have put this before the brony stuff. It was me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Tulpas are understood to be distinct sentient beings with their own personalities, inclinations, and relative autonomy through various active and passive processes known as quote-unquote forcing, which I don't like that, Tulpamancers spend hours solidifying their impressions of their creations as something more than just an ordinary inner voice. Active forcing means concentrating single-pointedly on the Tulpa's form and features, Passive forcing is when the tulpamancer finds ways to bring tulpas into more regular routines, such as through narrating, where tulpamancers chat with or read stories to their creations. Hmm. So, like, it for real is like an imaginary (laughs) come to life. See, that's disappointing, though. I thought it might be, like, legit. Let's manifest that. make (laughs) Make it real. So tulpamancers meet tulpa, but that's what it is. It's manifested into reality. That's what makes a tulpa different from an imaginary friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tulpa, I don't, I don't think it's real, real. I want just, it to in be. theory, that's what makes that's what makes tulpas different. I want it to be real. I, I know you do, baby. Tulpamancers meet tulpas in imagined environments called wonderlands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. These are dream or mindscapes that more fully contextualize interactions and provide a place for tulpas to like hang out when idle. For some reason, I'm imagining like the Teletubby world (laughs) with the baby face in the sun and all that. Yeah, I get it. So that's where they go when they're idle, like when they're not being in a conversation or They're, they're on pause. They're on pause and they're in their wonderlands. Yeah. They also work to perfect imposition, which again, these words are just forcing imposition. Yeah. So imposition is seeing, hearing, or feeling tulpas in the real world. Okay, now I'm interested. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. They may even practice tulpa possession or even switching. Swingers? I thought switching was more of like, sub and dom like that you're a switcher that you don't oh like that you'll be the dominant one sometimes and you'll be the su- subordinate one sometimes that you, oh, you switch you're probably right i didn't know I didn't but know maybe that. it is swingers no 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 no. swingers are like couples that sw- switch swing swing with each other people now know we know nothing about yeah, this kind man, of stuff we wow okay we just showed our asses it's okay, okay. sorry we're ignorant <laughs> well switching with a tulpa 
is when the tulpa takes over the host's <gasps> body and the host temporarily occupies the tulpa's form in the Wonderlands. Wonderlands. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like the tulpa gets a little revenge for all this forcefulness. Forcing and imposition. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the concept of the tulpa as a semi-autonomous entity created by one or more individuals focused thought or belief was primarily a mainstay in Western esocentric and parapsychological circles. Western occultists inherited their vision, oops, inherited their version of tulpas from early non-Tibetan interpreters of Tibetan Buddhism, like French explorer Alexandra David Neal and American Walter Evans Wentz. David Neal's description of how she experimented with making a tulpa in the form of a jolly monk while in Tibet and her account of how this mind creature was subsequently seen by others who mistook it for an actual person and how it became more and more sinister, self-motivated, and unruly. And that obliged her to dissolve it. Okay. So she made she manifested her own jolly monk tulpa. And then when she didn't like how it was acting, she said, well, fuck, I guess I'm just going to kill you. Did anybody else see this? She said that people saw her tulpa and thought it was like an actual person. I don't believe her. Well, anyway, that helped set the tone in terms of subsequent representations of tulpas okay. was Alexandra's story about her jolly monk. I need a picture. <laughs> <laughs> This was in, like... Prove it. Alexandra Neal, she lived from 1868 to 1969, so... Hey, that, yeah, she could have taken a picture. Okay. <laughs> so both David Neal and Evan Wentz's understanding of Tibetan tulpas was, in turn, strongly influenced by theosophical teachings. So that's where, like, the symbol in the show came into play. Okay. These teachings were related to the possibilities and dangers of, quote-unquote, thought forms and, quote-unquote, elementals. These ideas were already in circulation in Europe and America long before either David Neal or Evan Wentz ever went to the Himalayas to study with Tibetans. You know, fun fact about the Himalayas. Do I you, don't. I, mean, I, mean, I just know do people die. To, people just to... die there. I don't. I wouldn't call that a fun fact. Himala- oh no! Right no. when they well, climb the mountain, aren't there like hundreds of true, dead bodies yeah. on the Himalayas? Well, in Nepal, you know, Michael J. Fox has uh, Parkinson's. Yes. He said when he went there, he went to visit Nepal. I think it was Nepal. It's somewhere in that area that all of his symptoms went away while he was there. Why didn't he move there? That's what I was thinking. Or buy at least vacation there. Right. But yeah, I was like, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy energy that's being put there for that to happen. Yeah. I want to go. I've always wanted to go to Nepal. Yeah. Oh. Okay, back to Tulpas. Anyway, sorry, I just... No worries. When you said that, that is I've... a fun fact. Yeah. Now I do know a fun fact about yeah. the Himalayas. Area, anyway. Okay. So while there are no explicit instructions in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism for manifesting a tulpa, various advanced meditative practices do exist, which involve intensive concentration on and visualization of imaged, uh, imagined entities. The dream yoga practices that fall under the umbrella of six dharmas of Naropa in particular involve training in the intentional production of mental forms while in a lucid dream state 
and the so-called generation or creation stage of Tibetan tantric yogas requires the meditator to imagine, call upon, and then animate various yidams or mind-bound meditational deities so as to draw near them, experience them, and attain their blessings. I got to tell you, tantric yoga, I was thinking it was something way different. Like tantric sex? Yeah. Yeah. Like where you just do a yoga pose and have an orgasm because of it or something. Well, yeah, and y'all are like together for a long time. Yeah. So this is not what I was picturing whenever... (laughs) Yeah, this is a lot. That's a Tantric lot going yoga. on. yoga. That's a lot of visualization and yeah, all this other kind like, of stuff. That's like discipline. Yeah, and calling deities to you and all this other. Like, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Not at all what I thought it would have been. Accordingly, both Tibetan Buddhists and Western occultists have argued that Yidam represent a better analog for Western esotericists and pulpomancers ideas about sentient mental entities than the actual Tibetan word. Sprulpa. What's that? I don't know. Oh, okay. That's the actual Tibetan word. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. For for these yidam or whatever. I like that word yidam. I think that's how you say it. Y-I-D-A-M. Yidams, yeah. I think so. Basically, the Tulpa concept has evolved and circulated to the point where it has escaped far beyond any specifically Tibetan culture social or linguistic moorings so yeah clearly look at it look at this episode bronies man i mean it's it's become its own damn thing yeah and that's it that's all i have on tulpas okay i like it interesting so to close it out (laughs) was that awkward cheers padalecki cheers kudos well done Mm -hmm. i mean all the good things to you my man we've got a quote from sam to close it out of all the things we hunted How many existed just because people believed in them? Sam Winchester. I believe in you. I believe in you. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch.